Electricast. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Do you want to just fucking get into it? I, I feel like I can lead us off. I feel ready. Do you think? If you're ready. So I'm ready, ready, bro. Yeah, right. I'm ready. Go to the bathroom now because I'm not stopping 15 minutes into the ride. Dad, that's more right. of a that's more of a, a note from Mike. All right, welcome into Mr. The Boy. Wow, super exciting. I've been gone forever. Had to get married and go on my honeymoon, but the guys held it down. I was listening to the shows while I was gone. I'm DK Sizzle. I'm here with Bob Kelly on a pretty important night for Celtics basketball. Unless you've been living under a mossy rock for the last few weeks to months, the Celtics are in a grand resurgence, uh, skyrocketing up to the very, very top of the Eastern Conference. There was never really a chance of touching the number one seed in the Western Conference. The Suns have won like 67 games. So we take our wins when they come. Uh, we're currently, as as the time of the recording, we're currently in the midst of a game against the Miami Heater, who are technically the current one seed. If we can beat them tonight, uh, we should pip them to the one spot again, which, how do you feel about that, Bobby? Like, I mean, I don't know if we've really concretely talked about the Celtics since we were sort of lamenting their growing pains, as it turns out they now were, and, you know, kind of pretty worried about our all-star tandem still. And I I feel like... I think we've all collectively been proven wrong. I think this this Ime Udoka defensive scheme has clicked. I think he's gotten the best out of Rob Williams, which we'll go on to talk about shortly, and obviously the implications his injuries has. But I think uh, I think this this team basketball he's got him playing. The, the fact that he's got them all bought in, uh, which was obviously our biggest issue of of the end of the Brad Stevens era. What do you think? What's changed the most for you? And like, what what are the what are your top reasons for why you think this is now working? Well, it, it, it's the defense is the number one reason, man. It's it, it, it's unbelievable how much of a leap that defense has taken. Number one defense in the NBA. It, and it's and it's not even close. You yeah. know what I mean? It's the number one defense by far yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, it, it went from an underperforming, uh, gutless, effortless defense on some nights to a lockdown, tenacious, just like there's nothing you can do about it defense. Uh, and that that's the biggest difference to me. It, it's crazy, man. Like... So I was going back, I was listening to a couple of our old shows, and each time we talk about it, they just kept climbing in the standings. It's crazy. Like, last time me and Mike were talking about it, we were like, oh, you know, yeah, oh, it's possible they could get up to the three seed, you know, possibly two seed. And all of a sudden, two weeks later, this run just keeps going. Yeah. And now we're playing for the one seed against Miami, man. And it's just, it's, 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 
still mind-boggling to me that we're actually playing for the one seed with 10 games to go uh, in the Eastern Conference. From where we were at the beginning of the season, it's just night and day. It's unbelievable. What do you what do you make of this team's attitude shift? I, I feel like the thing that we were we were banging our heads against the the metaphorical and sometimes uh, literal wall uh, when we would all talk in the Discord is this team just doesn't have a winning mentality down the stretch. They let teams come get them. They let you know they let themselves get in their own heads, et cetera, et cetera. What's the reason for all these like you know blowing all these big leads? Now they don't even look like they're going to give a team a chance to decide to think about getting back into a game. And they look mentally, I feel like mentally, they just look a lot more, uh, you know, locked in. Sure. Like at the effort, like you were mentioning on the defensive side is definitely there, but also more grown up. Is, is that, is that a, a fair assessment of, of what, how you've been watching them? They're just not, they ju- they're just not letting it happen anymore. They've decided collectively that they're better than that. And they're just not letting that kind of stuff happen. And they're not really giving teams a chance. Do you think that that attitude shift has come with the good play? Like, where do you think that's come from? And like, have you noticed the same thing? Okay, it's, it's night and day, man. And I don't know what changed it, honestly. It was, I feel like there was, there was a moment, I think it was Jalen Brown tweeted something like, there's about to be an attitude shift. There's about to be... Yeah, and you're like, I'll believe it when I fucking see it. Yeah, bro, but it happened, yeah. and I don't, I don't know what what it was, honestly, because you're right. It really does look like more grown up basketball. Like mm-hmm. you used to see, maybe it's just the shorter rotation, or just the fact that we don't have fucking like Tremont Waters and like you know what I mean, these bums out there in the last five minutes of the game. But you used to see in that last five minutes, like it was like a different team, man. You know what I mean? Like you get to this Jason Tatum, Jalen Iso ball moments. And you mm-hmm. just like, you see basketball that want, makes you want to pound your head against the ball. Like you said, like that was, that was the perfect. It was analogy. turgid at the start of the season. Like there are the offense, like they were, teams could do whatever they want to us, but also offensively, we could just, we just could not get it going. And that leads me to, I think what's going to be the biggest topic and should, could and should be the biggest topic of, of our Celtics chat, which is <clears throat> Robert Williams. You know, he gets injured, torn meniscus, looking promising, though, like a, a four to six week timeline. I mean, I know I, I, I hear you already. And, and I know <laughs> I've coming off of surgery before, and, and hoping. Yeah, I know. I get it. And also, I mean, you know, you think back even as far as you can go all the way back to 2010, uh, KG, Kendrick Perkins for that game seven, uh, Jalen Brown last year, you know, Gordon Hayward. I mean. When it comes to needing guys to step up and be 100% healthy for the playoffs, the Celtics' luck has been abysmal. And I honestly, with probably the exception of Jason Tatum right now, Robert Williams was the last guy I wanted to see get hurt because I think for, and I, you know, for obvious reasons, anybody who's been watching the Celtics over the past few weeks knows that this floating free safety position that uh that robert it's williams which i mean you know it, it seems like a no-brainer right it, it just seems like the kind of coaching that it, it sort of comes from fundamental basketball in a way because it's like well what what do we how do we get the best out of this guy and like what is what are the things that this guy brings to the table he has now and i don't think he always did but he has now a high defensive basketball iq and crazy athleticism crazy athleticism and i think just letting him like bounce around back there it's a very entertaining to watch on the defensive side of the ball, which on just pure entertainment, it was, it was kind of all I was asking for from this Celtics team. Just like be watchable, please just be watchable. And that's been like an actual a thing that's been actually quite watchable about this, this team since before this, even this big streak was watching Robert Williams play. 
that athleticism is now missing from the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, I mean, they're, they're holding their own right now against Miami, but of all teams to miss Robert Williams against and the way this team is, this Miami team is currently constituted, I would say, you know, this is a game where you'd really love to have them. What kind of adjustments do you think we're going to have to make? And hey, do we stand a chance in the playoffs if he doesn't come back? You know, does the, does the dream die as quickly as it as it materialized as we shot up the standings? It's it's so it's in that game we we absolutely dominated too. And it was like I didn't even know, I didn't even know what happened until all of a sudden I got the update after. It's like Robert Williams is being anal, uh, or being uh, analyzed, I guess, for an a, a MCL strain. I was like, oh god damn it! Of all people, man. For an injury to linger, the one person that worries me is Rob Williams. We've seen it so many goddamn times. I don't know, maybe he's different now because he's older. He's got Al Horford now. I think that's... I think Al's been really great for him in yeah, the block. I, you know what I mean? I, I really think it's been, been a huge addition to his game. And I think it's like, it allows him to do luxury things in that position that, yeah. you know, it wouldn't he wouldn't normally be afforded. And also, Al, I think, is bringing a lot more to the table on the defensive side of the ball than I thought he was going to bring. And I think that you or the rest of Celtics Nation thought he was going to bring. I thought he was going to be much more of a role player than he actually kind of came he's in. Vital. Like, he's vital, he's vital. Now, you know, yeah. again. And like, and I feel like I feel like uh, the coaching staff is really getting the best out of their players. And I think, it, you know, I think what they did was they looked at the roster and said, what do the each individually? What do these guys do best and how can they best complement each other? And I think the freedom that it gives Rob Williams back there with Al Horford is absolutely a huge thing. And I think Al, Al had a big thing to do with, you, like you said, that defensive IQ. Because in the past, I think Rob relied a lot on his athleticism, period. You know what I mean? Like, he, he would have games where he would get caught out of position a lot. Yeah. People went around back on him like a, people went around back well, on him quite all, a lot. All yeah. game, right. Yeah. And, and you just don't see that anymore. I don't know if maybe it's the system the way it's set up now. But I, I but think his slides are better, like they're better time. Yeah. And Al has a lot to do with that, I think. Yeah. Well, because he's he, we don't have to put because the what was the big worry with Rob is he he's not going to be able to guard Joel and beat. You know, he's not going to be able to guard Giannis. Like he doesn't have, he, but he doesn't have to guard the bigs now. He gets you get to put him as like a huge length athletic defender on what is likely a lot of teams best score at yeah. the three. You yeah. know what I mean? In, in, in that in that kind of high, high post to to block area and he just gets to move through that area so and he moves he can cross the floor so quickly you know what i mean with like with that athleticism and now that he knows when to do it it's just like oh my god this is like it's 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 such a huge part of our defensive identity and i think that's the thing that's worrying if he makes it back in four weeks we're good we're golden agreed and so well a big reason why he's so key too is it gives all the other defensive players freedom to be aggressive to put the pressure down to 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 really you know what i mean they don't have they don't have to play conservative in any way whatsoever because they know rob williams is there holding their back and if someone gets a step on him free safety bro rob's <laughs> there bro exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. and and you know that that gives us the freedom to put tatum on dudes like Giannis to put tatum on and beat you know what i mean he could because tatum Tatum's athletic enough that he can keep, stay with these dudes on the outside sure. but as soon as they get down into the block man that's when rob's there and he's like you know, he's just that defender on the basket, so that's where we're really going to miss him. The biggest piece, and I can't believe I'm saying this, is Grant Williams, man. If if Grant Williams can step up and and, and even give you 60 to 70% of what Rob was giving you, I, I think that you can live without Rob for that first round of the playoffs. I don't Anything that, past though. that, I don't, but, but, that. I don't either. I don't either. I'd rather make Tatum, I'd rather make Tatum play 
the the way that Rob was playing because he's got the athleticism. Yeah, yeah, and then you just leave Grant as a perimeter defender, which works. Yeah, you know it works fine. And then he he just doesn't. He's just not athletic enough. I just like I think it's going to be so noticeable if we want to try to play the same game. If we don't, if we put a guy like Grant Williams in there, because I just think he's going to get fucking creamed. Like I'd probably rather Daniel Tice to be honest with you playing that playing that role because it's like he'll play it a little bit more traditionally but like like i i i I agree that i've come around on grant williams too like i I don't hate him as much as i did like circa you know one year ago today i think his like i think he's improved almost every aspect of his game i think his the most the best thing he's done is he's improved his shooting because i hated every single fucking time he took a shot and he's a little bit better at that now so you know we're good there he's actually what he's like top 15 in the league now is he and i think so is he really I'm pretty sure shooting yeah. the three. Yeah, he's always been decent at shooting the three. I feel like his 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 decision making has gotten better overall. Like when he shoots, but again, as a defender, I just I'm not top 15 in the league. Really, I'm pretty sure that's yeah. pretty crazy. That's pre- what percentage like comp- yeah, like three huh. point. So he's making much better decisions. Is uh is, is yeah he's that, shooting he's shooting 42 percent from three point. That's this pretty year. fucking lights out. Yeah, dude. it's pretty good. That's pretty fucking lights out. Jesus, I didn't know it was that good. Well, he's making a lot much better decisions. I think he's improved exponentially. I I think he's also improved on the defensive side of the ball. I just don't I don't I don't see him filling that role. To be honest with you, I think you get, you need a guy that's still athletic to be able to go in there, or a guy who like knows how to more in the post. It's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, no, we. I mean, it's 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 too, tough to replicate. You know what I mean? Unless we had Bam Adebayo coming off the bench, like that's he'd, the, that's literally, literally, like, he'd be fucking yeah, great. Yeah. He'd be perfect. You know what I mean? But like we don't. So you know, it's going to be a bummer uh, for that first round. But man, he could come back. Let's put it this way: if we p- play Brooklyn without Rob Williams in the first round, I don't think we have. A, it's it's going to be a tough series. I'm not going to say we don't have a shot. We got to get the one seed. We got to get the one seed. Yeah. Right. Like then, yep. just get the one seed and we'll be good. Who do we play? Who who are likely to be eight? Hold on. Yeah. So that's 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 the problem. Is Brooklyn might end up in that playing tournament? Oh yeah, they are right there, aren't they? Yeah. So that's that's oh, yeah, that come could, second. That yeah, tough. just come second. You might want to. You might want to be second because <laughs> yeah. like I don't think they're gonna catch the Cavs. Wow, Brooklyn are really like. I thought it's all really close though. It's all right. For, there, it yeah. goes from forty eight to to forty in the top eight, like for wins. So. Really, anything can happen. I think you just try to win all your games, and you just you try to come, like come as high as you can, and then like be confident that you can beat whatever team you play. I think that's like you just got to make it simple. Don't worry about the kind of individual like oh they won here, they won there. Like it'll be what it'll be. The playing tournament still has to happen, and that's over on like what the fifteenth, right? Yeah, and then we start on the sixteenth. The playoffs start on the sixteenth. That rest will be nice. You know, a little bit of uh, a little bit of rest, and see if if Rob Williams can. Make a good comeback. He says the surgery went well, though. So four weeks? Could like, could you see it? I could. Yeah, I mean, I could. It just scares me, like man. That April April thirtieth. Rob, Rob Williams, Williams comes back. Rob Williams needs those those lower let. He needs that lower body strength, man. That's what makes him Rob Williams. You know, if yeah. he jumps out, he jumps out of a goddamn gym. You think if he comes back, he might he might not look the same for a yeah, while. It just it scares me, man. That that kind of injury for a big man and. It's Rob Williams. Like I, I hate to be this guy, but I'm like, surprised you're not optimistic. I thought I was going to come to you for some optimism in this situation. There is a whole camp. There is a whole camp saying Rob Williams it, makes it back, and we like make a run. So, listen, I, I, it's hard for me to be optimistic about a Rob Williams injury. We, I know. This is this is this has been the thing I know. that we talked about him every single year. Like if he stays healthy, he's amazing. If yep. he stays healthy, he's awesome. 
Yeah. But he, he, it's so hard for this dude to stay healthy. And it, timing just, the timing is the timing. The timing, bro. That's that's what killed me. Is like, yeah, I went course. from I went from we're the one seed. Let's go. Like I was actually texting one of my buddies. Well, I haven't even heard from him in a while. He like texted me randomly, all pumped about the Celtics. Like, I heard from yeah. him a year and a half. Yeah, He's yeah. like, bro, how about those Celtics? And like literally twelve hours later, Rob Williams was out for four to six weeks. Never talk to never talk to that guy again. <laughs> Don't ever talk to that guy I mean, again. Like, as loud as he lives. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It. I. I honestly want to end up. I think the three seed might be the best for the Celtics at this point. Yeah. Um, I, I I know being the one seed or the two seed would be awesome, and the implications that good for morale. For, it's good for morale. Yeah, yeah, for the team and things like that. But if we end up as this three seed, I think we're we're likely to get the Raptors to Cleveland, and those are the two teams you want to see in that 100%, first round. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? Those are the two you want. You could fuck. You could you could figure out rotations against either. Of those Absolutely. Teams. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like you have you have a little bit of a luxury. Like if you can, if you can, if you shorten your rotation to seven guys to start, you like make a definite choice. Seven to eight guys to start, and then you just smash them for the first two home games. Like you get up forty points on them, which I could one hundred percent see happening. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, let's like do, let's run some scrimmages. You know what I mean? Like let's see how like Daniel does here. Let's see how like you know like let's like fuck with the guard play a little bit. Like who wants to be the perimeter over here? You can start doing stuff like that. When you're up by a lot on a team, there's no way Brooklyn don't give us a good game, at least in every single every single one, right? Every single round. And also like, you know, Kyrie and KD. I mean, like, I know if Mike was here, it'd be like blah 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 blah. Like Kyrie and KD, like mental midgets, et cetera, et cetera. But like they're I'm not sure how much they've given a shit really about the regular season anyway. And they'd like I feel like they're probably like, I don't know, we'll just like play the playing tournament and we'll definitely win. And uh, it will like, we'll just like see where we're at in the playoffs. You know what I mean? I just don't, I don't, you can't count them out. If, if you, they play the Raptors or the Cavs, it's an absolute failure and a disappointment, even without Rob Williams, if they lose that series. Oh yeah, no, they have to win that. They have to, if win they that. play the Sixers, if they play the Nets, if they play the, man, it's the Bulls they should beat too. So really, if they play, if they end up against the Sixers or the Nets in that first round, it's going to be a battle. I'd, I'd be scared of either of those teams with Rob Williams. If we right. had the, exactly. the Sixers, exactly. yeah, the Sixers or the or the Nets, I'd be nervous in a seven game series. At our best, we've been playing great. You know, don't get me wrong, but like those are two, like you know, pretty experienced playoff teams. If you think about yeah. it, you know what I mean. And like it's it, it's you know they're they're no slouches. And matchup wise, I just think the is like our biggest problem. I think it's very difficult for us to match up against seventy sixers because like I think when Joel Embiid's healthy and fit. And like not playing lazy and like, you know, like not out of shape and not injured. I don't think anybody can really match up with him. Playoff Joel Embiid is a scary, scary, scary man. I'm not really sure anybody in the league can match up with him, to be honest. Yeah, he's a scary dude. Jokic, maybe Jokic, just it. Jokic could, yeah, but I, it's, I don't, I guess I don't really think about that because like he's kind of a non-factor yeah. in like the postseason and like in the East. So... Yeah, he could. He probably could. I think Joel might have a tough time with him, but like, there's nobody in the East that can fucking do anything with him. So we have to defend him by committee. But like, I, you know, I would like our chances if we had a, a because I think we kind of do fuck the Sixers up, and I think we're a little bit in his head, like historically speaking. And I think with Rob Williams, you can like play that fucking pogo stick game in the back in the front court, and you can like just have him be there, just like swatting at stuff, and it's at least annoying. You know what I mean? And then I take the rest of our guys one on one to be honest with you, against the rest of the Sixers. So, with, I guess, the exception of Harden, but, like, 
you know how that works. I mean, like, I just don't know if he's like, you don't know what Harden you're getting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's trick or treat. So like, yeah, fuck it. You got to take, we, I'll put him, I'll put Jalen Brown on him and we'll just see what happens. Like, why not? I don't, you know, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like uh, there's reasons to be optimistic, but I, I'm a little, definitely a little bit bummed about the whole Rob Williams situation for sure. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to disappoint you and like not, not, not be the shining light. No, it's fine. I usually am with the Celtics, bro, but it's, like, no, it's fine. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, there's lots of reasons to be happy about how they're playing right now. Yeah. It, but it's just, it does one thing that you can't get me to be optimistic about is the Rob Williams injury. Yeah. You've been, you've been, you've been hurt too many times. After all these years, man, it's just, you, we've seen these, these, these shining moments of Rob Williams where you're like, oh my God, let's go. This dude is amazing. Yeah. And then it's followed by this. It's probably karma because Marcus Smart is out there fucking taking Steph Curry out of contention. Bro. Fucking just like absolutely laying dudes hip out. Check. Like, it's just <laughs> hip checking dudes, diving on the floor, fucking taking guys' legs out. It's like, it's always going to come back to haunt us because we have like that dude on our team. We have that fucking enforcer. Yeah. All right. Well, fuck it. Um, <laughs> fucking just forget it. Burn the rest of that fucking season down. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, it's cool. I think uh, I think it's nice that we're not gonna have to play the playing tournament. I think it's gonna be fun to watch the season in the yeah. postseason. Whoever we get, I'm excited for a basketball postseason anyway. So yeah, I think overall, yeah, bro, I can't wait to put on those those lucky Celtics. I've been holding my Celtic socks in the drawer until the playoffs, just just so we can bust them out. And it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. Bro. Did you bust wait. them out the last few years? Because they're not that lucky. If that's the, have oh, you been saving? Have you been saving them up? Saving them for three years <laughs> since since we won the shit. Yeah, unless you've been uh, unless you've been saving them since two thousand eight. I think maybe they, some of the luck might fucking worn off. But yeah, we'll see. Whatever you can do, whatever you can do, we'd all really appreciate it as collectively as Celtics Nation. You want to talk about March Madness? Let's talk about Mar- March Madness a little bit. I feel yeah, like, bro. How about fucking Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars? What do yeah. you think of that? <laughs> I feel like everyone on the internet has a, has a take about that. <laughs> Let's but talk about it for a second. It's so, it's, I just, I don't, listen, I don't blame him. Do you not blame him? I don't, for, listen, we've all been, in, we've all been in this kidding? one, 100% over okay? But he got that look from his girl. And I guarantee you, listen, Chris Rock and Will Smith have known each other for a long time, okay? So I, I feel like it also was like a, I can't believe you're making me, you're putting me in this situation right now. Because if you look at Jada, uh, if you look, Jada, right? That's her name? Yeah, Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah, okay. Just make sure I wasn't talking out my ass for a second. Yeah. If, you look at, if you look at Jada's face, right? That is a face that every husband, every male, everyone on the face of the earth has seen at one point in their life. Where you're either drinking with your buddies and someone says stupid about something stupid about your girlfriend, or or some someone says something stupid about your girl, and she gives you that look of, "Are you gonna let him say that to me?" You don't have a choice, man. Granted, not I don't I don't know if I've ever been at maybe the, maybe in not the front at the, row Oscars, of the Academy Awards, because you know, I figure <laughs> if she gave me that look at the front row of the Academy Awards, I'd be like, "Bitch, what the fuck you want me to do about it right now?" Every, there's like every everyone in the world is looking at me right now. What the fuck do you do? I'm in a tuxedo. <laughs> On the night, he's going to win Best Actor, too. It was just... Yeah. I mean, I just don't think it was a smart movie. It wasn't. Uh, to be honest. He obviously was like overcome by emotion, and I get that, but... He saw red. He saw it was, red. It was Real. a pretty benign joke, if you think about it, in, in retrospect. And also... Yeah, you like you also let her just like tell a story on her TV show about how she fucked some other dude and you had to swallow that and I think we all realize that's what this is about 
to be honest. Like, I think collectively, <laughs> we understand that there's footage of your wife taking you on her TV show, which is on like Facebook Watch, which is like low key embarrassing. And like, I mean, I don't have a TV show on Facebook Watch, but like, if you're like Will Smith's wife, like you couldn't get on YouTube, like, come on. So now I get it. They're probably trying to like, they probably have a partnership. She probably knows Zuckerberg. They probably have dinner together. It's probably really creepy. It's, it's fine. But she takes you on her TV show and like in order to like basically garner a following, she tells a story and or basically help, has you help her tell a story of how she fucking cheated on you, right? With, with Tupac, right? No, no. With this dude that they like invited into their house named August. So I'll say, I got to send you this clip. Dude. I, I like the, the pure torture on fucking Will Smith's face when he's. Which he's like, just like he already knew about it, but like she just wants to talk about it on her TV show. And I'm like, that's, I think that's, this is basically where we're at here, Will. I, I think that you got a little, you had to kind of swallow your pride and your manhood in front of the world once, in, you know, from your point of view. And then also, Chris Rock made a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith that I thought was much worse at the 2016 Oscars because he said something along the lines of like, Jada Pinkett Smith being mad that she isn't invited to the or like that she isn't invited to the Oscars is like me being mad that I can't get into Rihanna's pants. Like, yeah, I would love to be here, but the invite's never gonna come. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like something <laughs> along those lines. Like, nobody fucking want invited Jada Pinkett Smith to the Oscars was like the joke, basically the punchline. So I think it's from that, and I think like she was like, I fucking fuck Chris Rock. She's probably said that privately to Will in like 2016. Was like fucking hate that guy. Got all fucking pissy about it. And then Will that happened. Plus he basically got cuckolded in front of the entire universe. And then, and then finally, pressure filled night. He's up for best actor. He worked really hard on this, on this movie. He's in the front row. He's at smile. He's always fucking smiling too. And I feel like anyone who smiles that much, it's got to be bullshit. There's got to be shit some going on behind that, going on behind that smile. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on back so, there. Yeah, and then he just loses his shit and he slaps Chris Rock. The whole walk up there yeah. is when you should have fucking reconsidered, I think. Because like, you just like, just take a fucking breath, dude. Like, just take a fucking breath. And then, you know, it, the implications it has, unfortunately, and I think this, it casts an unfortunate power over the evening because I think a lot of people are there to enjoy their evening. And and fucking win awards and like it became the night that Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, not the night that the like the first ever deaf guy won an award or you know like it, it's just like all these other things happened and it just I definitely cast like a like a tough and I'm already fucking sick of hearing about it to be quite honest on the internet so like our our take I've just decided if the internet if you're listening is the last one so we're done doing it after yeah, this we're wrapping it up after the this, memes aren't sure. funny so. And it, but it's also it's just like fuck Chris Rock's up there. He's at work. A basically. couple of them were funny. I, I, there's there's a few sure. of them where I was like, oh, sure. that was pretty good. That was pretty yeah. Good. And in on day one, on day one, right? But then well, like gets, by now you're like it's all the best jokes have been done. And they always rehash them too. That's yeah. the thing is like there's always like the the seven different posts with the same right. Name on with it. The same you're like, bro, you need, you're like okay, yeah, yeah gotta I gotta curate my shit better. This is getting <laughs> out of control. But Chris Rock is at work, and he got smacked in the fucking face in front of everybody. That's very, like, the emasculating and upsetting. Like, that, there's no way he felt good about that happening to him. You know what I mean? He definitely felt like shit on a night where he was just, like, there to, like, present one award. He wasn't even, like, hosting, you know? He was so surprised, too. You saw, so, like, you saw Will walking up, 
And Chris at first, I feel like was almost like pumped. Like he was like, he was like, are you going to come up and do a bit? Yeah, this is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. And and all of a sudden he got smacked and he had, I don't know if you saw the still of him after he got smacked, but he had the most stereotypical Chris Rock face on of like, yeah, right. Like it was just, he was shocked, man. Well, like he don't fucking smack. He's a goddamn institution. He don't smack. Open open hand smack. But you know what I mean? He's a fucking American treasure. Like, I don't understand. Like, he's been fucking doing nothing but making us laugh for the last, like, 30 years. And you're going to slap, slap him? Slap a dick, slap a dick. Also, slap like, he dick, looks slap. great, but he's, like, probably in his 50s. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, he slapped, yeah. like, a 50-something-year-old man, like, in front of people, open hand. Will Smith is 52, isn't he? Yeah, sure. But, like, that's even worse. That's more embarrassing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're grown men. Yeah, fucking punch each other at least. That's the other thing. They're very lucky that Chris Rock is the is the is the model of professionalism that he is because I was going to jail if if I you can't get smacked in the face in front of that many people and not be willing to die <laughs> like, you can't just let that go you know what I mean like we're we're all getting arrested if that happens we're all getting fucking arrested and at the Academy <laughs> Awards and it's going to be so embarrassing but you it's like dude I can't I can't deescalate the situation now I'm sorry you just open hand smacked a grown man in the face like I have to kill you or die trying those are my two options right yeah anyway Will Smith so his, his ticket prices went from 42 bucks to 400 in Boston this week dude, so. but also nobody would have nobody would have fucking said a word about your wife for the remainder of time unless you were like already in the news you just put her in the fucking news cycle dude everybody's talking yeah. about her bald ass head Everybody's making fucking worse jokes than the G.I. Jane jokes. Also, it's fucking alopecia. It's not like it's, you know, ALS. It's like, you okay, you went bald. I'm sorry. That sucks. But it's not like the fucking end of the world. Yeah, Charlie Villanueva Charlie isn't crying. Yeah, you're fine. You're, you'll be okay. Draw your fucking eyebrows on and, like, get on with it. You know, we're going to be okay. All right, let's move on to March Madness. <laughs> and listen, to anyone out there listening to us with alopecia? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, well, they're probably not like they're probably not like anyone with alopecia probably isn't advocating for people to assault other people on their behalf just because they have fucking alopecia. You know, I think they're probably OK. Now, the albinos, I don't know about those guys. <laughs> so like they're they're a fucking wild card. <laughs> the alopecias, we might be OK. The, the, if we piss off the albinos, we've lost. Yeah, well, we're done. they're coming. They're coming. I'm telling you, they can organize quickly and it's difficult to see them. Uh, or maybe, maybe it's really easy to see them. I don't know. I guess it depends what room you're in. If you're in an all-white room, that'd be tough. Speaking of Charlie Villanueva, he went to UConn. And, you know, UConn's not in March Madness, but, you know. <laughs> that was a decent transition. The college basketball that's, team. <laughs> that was a decent transition. All right, well, we're in the final four. I mean, the juice, the juice is here. The juice is here and it's worth the squeeze. So, who you got? Who, like, who, Abby, where, I haven't even talked to you. Like, how's your... Uh, your bracket's Bruh. probably trash. <laughs> it's it's not just trash. I am in dead last in my bracket. <laughs> like I was looking at, I am in last place, and like it's so funny for someone who I, I don't want to say I consider myself a college basketball like expert, but I think I know college basketball. I think pretty the more well. I learn about college basketball, the worse I do in my March Madness brackets. It's unbelievable, man. And like <laughs> I I was doing good with like my. My my DraftKings picks in college basketball and everything like that. As soon as March Madness got here, it just took a, such a dive bomb. So like for the audience out there, for I, I'm going to tell you who I think is going to win for sure. Please fade this pick as hard as you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not going to happen. But I, I I think Duke, man. 
in, you know, you, you go through the context, the context of Coach K and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's just it just seems it just seems meant to be at this point. It seems meant to be that we're going to get a. So first, we're going to get the UNC Duke Final Four game, which is is historical. We'll get into that in a second. That's amazing that we're getting this. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially with Coach K's last Final Four and they're playing it's, UNC. It's That's, yeah. I mean, you couldn't have scripted it better. UNC just beat them too coming into the tournament. Yeah. And UNC are good. Like they're like they're, really they're playing good. really well. So, if, but Duke Kansas is going to be the championship to me, and it just seems meant to be that it's Duke UNC, Blue Bloods rivals. You know what I mean? And then Duke Kansas also Blue Bloods. You know, two of the best teams historically. You know, every year in and year out in March Madness, and it just seems meant to be that Coach K is going to take it, man. And it, it just. Coming into this, I, I literally said on the March Madness preview show, Duke is the team to me that I think is going to crumble under the pressure. Were, mm-hmm. <laughs> were words that I said on that show. I was like, yeah, no, first round, second round, Duke is out of here. Yeah, no, it didn't happen. Here we are. They proved me wrong. And I think they just keep it going, man. Ben Charo is awesome. Um, that, that, that team that team is solid. So I, I think Duke takes it just historical significance. I think, I think it's going to play a role here. And I think Coach K goes on on top. It's it's what it's what they want. It's what they want, you know. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like if that happens, uh, what's his name, Ben Charo, he's gonna go number one overall next year. Yeah, I think like good. I th- yeah, but I think it's like you could you could probably spread the first like three or four picks out. It's like there's it's kind of like eh, there's no guarantees. I think if he like wins the tournament, I think that makes him the number one overall pick, which means he goes to the Magic, so we won't hear from him for a few years, but. You know, we'll see what happens. Um, no, I think it's been cool. I think there is a little bit of a... It's the only time, like, Duke's ever in the Final Four, but you still f- sort of feel like that, and you're getting a nice Cinderella vibe from the, uh, for, you know, from like from the Final Four matchup because of all this other history. Like, usually you just want an underdog, like, making it this far. And, like, you know, UNC's a, pr- a pretty high seed. I feel like, uh, like, high, high number-wise, I mean. And so it's like, you know, they they don't nece- they weren't necessarily pictured to come here. But, yeah, I feel like I feel like in the narrative perspective, I think... I think seeing Coach K go to the final and seeing him beat Kansas, who I hate, would be awesome. So I think that'd be great. You're not giving Villanova a shot. You're not. You're not. You're saying there. There's no chance they can beat Kansas. They just don't have the size. What do you think it is? Yeah, it's it's the size and also them losing. I can't think of his name right now. They just had a huge injury in the last game, and he he's such a key piece. And, and to go, Justin Moore. He he tore his ACL in the game against. I don't even remember who they were just playing. Who they just beat. Last round, yeah, St. Peter's, right? St. Peter's, yeah, UNC, yeah. No, UNC played St. Peter's. Oh, Kansas right. beat Miami. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that game against Miami, Justin Moore went out, man, and he mm-hmm. he's such a big piece of that offense and that team. I don't know if they can overcome that in such a short period of time. If anyone can, it's Nova because the style of basketball they play with defense. What's his name? Uh, Gillespie. Uh, and Defensive is not anymore. Uh, with Gillespie, <laughs> with Gillespie, I feel like he's been there for ten years. And in that style of basketball they play where they just don't turn the ball over. They play such a fundamental style of basketball. But without more, man, without such a big piece against such a talented Kansas team, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think it's going to be tough for them to get by them. We'll see, though. Like I said, judging by how my March Madden picks have gone, nobody's going to win. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they have some good players. I just feel like, yeah, like Kansas, uh, yeah, it's tough. It's weird. I feel like... 
anything can happen in the final four though too so we could probably we could see villanova unc play each other it wouldn't be as cool of a story but like i wouldn't be crazy surprised if that happened and i think unc have some like decent matchups against duke too i think it's an exciting game when do they play saturday yeah, it's on it's Saturday. Saturday, like yeah. afternoon, my time, I guess, evening your time. Yeah, I mean, wh- what do you think this means for the for the draft class in the NBA next year? I feel like Jabari Smith's up there, the kid from Auburn. I think you know, I know we're, we're obviously not seeing the, them in the tournament at this phase of proceedings, but I think like he still looks like a a blue chip piece. Chet Holmgren, Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray. Anybody jump out of you that like you maybe like a little bit? farther down the draft you'd like to see the celtics pick up any any crafty guards you've seen play in this uh tournament this year you know my crafty guards Listen, i love Jaden ivy the celtics have no chance of getting him he's gonna no. be top five to pick i like um, that kid johnny davis from wisconsin he's pretty I like good Johnny davis yeah yeah he's, is, a, he's he right a, up your alley he's right up your alley he is right up my alley i love john <laughs> davis bro i actually have wisconsin going far specifically because of john davis yeah yeah, um, yeah. It, I, it, I bet you did <laughs> didn't, didn't didn't work out well. What did they shoot? Like one of eighteen yeah. in that game. It was yeah, it wasn't great. Um, but yeah, no, I like Johnny Davis. I, I also like uh, Sikar from Murray State. I can't think of his name. This, this is my problem with college basketball. There's so many goddamn teams I can never think of. Too many names. There's too many names. So, but uh, there's a guard from Murray State I really like. And then um, I, for the for that first pick, bro, it's the dude from Auburn. Yeah. Uh, I just think he's such a he's such an athletic freak. Yeah. That um, I I love him. Jabari but, Smith. Jabari Smith. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I I I do love that that Nova guard. I'm not Nova guard. Who am I? What am I talking about? Who's the uh, Who's the guard you just talked about? Who's the guy you just said? <laughs> you see this one too many for Johnny Davis? You mean? No, not Johnny Davis. The guy. Um, never mind. Doesn't matter. Um, but yeah. I like Jabari Smith. He's gonna be the number one pick. I, yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about that, man. You look at the way he plays. He's he's the kind of guard or he's kind of forward that everyone loves, man. Mm-hmm. He's a stretch forward. He's athletic. If he can develop a solid jump shot, he he's going to be something special in the NBA. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right. We talked about basketball at the professional level. We talked about it at the college you level. Want, wait, we haven't we haven't heard from you since. Let's let's transition into football for a minute because right. you know I, I just feel like what I I want to hear from another struggling football fan, someone who's Someone who who's at another level, like I'm at, bro. I'm not. I'm not too pissed about the Bears offseason, to be quite honest with you. What about that? Was that Khalil Mack trade? Yeah, I. Well, okay. I think if you look at it, it's tough what we got back. But you're also asking someone to take a pretty hefty contract for a guy who's. Let's be honest. Like in the next two years, he could fall off pretty hard. And I just think they're kind of just accepting that they're not trying to make a run in the next two to three years. They're just going to build. And I, you know, a lot of the offseason pickups, we just, we got a lot of people on the cheap, you know, we got a lot of like cheap contracts. We got a lot of one years. And I think to me, it's like, well, it's a new regime. Yeah. Have I been languishing and watching this team suck for like a long time? Yes. But a lot of the guys they're bringing in, like, I like the profile of player. There's a lot of speed. There's a lot of athleticism. There's a lot of like smart money in, in key positions. We've like shorn up the defensive line. Like outside of Cleo Mack uh, going away, I think we've like added some some presence there and some speed, and we used we used like some of the some of the money we freed up in that trade to do it. I think we're starting to shift our receiving core around a little bit to like fit what I think is going to be, which seemed like a fucking no brainer to me last year, but like a sort of a run pass offense built around Justin Fields. With you know you want to you want to front load the season on 
option plays, kind of like scrambly plays, keep them safe and protected, which we've also made some really good good moves in that area to get to to shore up or which I mean you we couldn't have really gotten much worse, honestly, at the offensive line of position. But we've sh- we've shorn up uh with some key guys there. We got a dude for I forget his name from uh Green Bay, which I'm like thrilled about. He was like one of their best blockers. And I think and also he had a big responsibility protecting like the money he was protecting. So I think like he'll know what he's doing. And I think that their their priorities are in the, in the right place. And I think that they realized when they traded Cleo Mack, I think they realized it was like, well, we're not going to win with him because like by the time we're ready to win, based on what we have here, he's going to be fucking done. He's going to be shot and we're still going to have to pay him the fucking Cleo Mack as a beast money that we're, we, have him, we have him on. So basically take on this contract for us, Chargers. You now have like a great two-piece with Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack. Looks great for you on paper, and you you're in a better position to sort of try to make a run. We're building, so we need to get into a position where we actually have fucking draft picks because we pissed those away to get Cleo Mack in the first place. Which, you know, it was fun to watch him. Don't get me wrong, and he's a beast, but you got to put a guy like that in as a piece that when there's already you know he's an edge rusher. You know, it's great to have an awesome fucking edge rusher. It really is, but that's not how you build a winning team. Not a defensive cornerstone money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and he was getting fucking cornerstone money. And it, and it, you need to be, you need to build from your secondary and stays NFL. I think everybody seems to know that now, except for you know the Jets. But you build from your secondary, and uh, and you get speed and athleticism in the secondary because there's fucking speed and athleticism everywhere in the in on wide uh, wide receiver and and running back across the entire NFL now. Um, so yeah, we gotta we gotta build from there, and I think we needed that money to do it. And I think they're like, well, we drafted, a, I think, a really good quarterback in Justin Fields, and we need to, like, get him good at football. You know, give him, like, take yeah. the pressure off him a little bit and put him in, in winning situations. Like, the fucking way that you, Nagy used him at the end of the last season, it's like, dude, do you have you really been the guy this whole time? Has this really been your job the entire fucking time that you, to be the head coach? You don't know what you're doing. Like, oh, my God. And it's yeah. that thing. It's that, head, it's that head coach, like, I'm a fucking guru. I'm now overthinking everything, everything. I'm overthinking everything to the point where I'm making the wrong decision about everything. And I, I don't think it makes him necessarily a, a terrible coach, but you are a terrible coach if you're making the fucking decisions that you're making. But it does happen. I've seen it happen because it's like you're just trying to, you know, you're, you're just trying to like move the bricks around and like just hope the water doesn't come in. But like the more you do it, the more you're just getting quicksanded, you know, and it was just time for him to go. And I think, I think we, it seems like we have a decent front office now and, I, I like the moves they've been making. How are the Cowboys? What, what are, what's going on with them? Are they fucking... Amari Cooper's gone? Randy Gregory's gone, bro. I thought, I thought Amari Cooper was like the linchpin of your of your whole plan to win the Super Bowl. Because like Dak's sick when Amari's healthy. What what like what happened? I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know. I don't... All this... T- it's, so wait, before, before, before I get into my dismal Cowboys, okay. What... The the new head coach, how do you pronounce the last name? Everflu? Ever ever Everflu, yeah. Everflu along those lines. I haven't heard it a lot. I've read it a lot, but once we get into the season, I'll hear people <laughs> we'll pronounce hear it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, first of all, I didn't know he was a Dallas Cowboys linebackers coach for like nine he years. He was for a long time, yeah. That's kinda cool. You got a connection there. With yeah, Cowboys I mean I didn't there. I didn't love the, the, the pick, to be honest with you, because I, I was pretty dead set on the idea that uh if we were going to get a guy to build back our defensive identity, but like maybe he's hit or miss on the quarterback positions. I really would have thought we would have gotten what's his name from the dolphins and he wouldn't be like a fucking quarterbacks coach in, in Pittsburgh Flores. right now. Yeah. Brian, yeah. Brian Flores. That was weird. I, you know, I, I thought if like he, the, his profile of coach 
uh, and the kind of coach he is is the exact same as the guy we got, except I think he's like had a more proven pedigree. So I don't know. I like, I, you know, maybe we didn't want the hassle. I guess I get that on, on some level. But I, yeah. I do think him trading Mac though was kind of um, a, a reset where he's like, you know what? I think it signals that we're starting over. Yeah, a hundred percent. Where he's like, you know what? We need we need picks. We have this this guy that this past regime got. We're going to trade him away for what? What do they get? A third round pick, second round, and a sixth round. Right. Which is like a third round pick. That like if you combine those two, it's one that third round pick. Yeah. <laughs> you're like when you're um, in Madden and you're doing the trades, and you're like, all right, a seventh round. And they're like, no. And you're like, no. All right, a sixth a round. All right, a fifth round. <laughs> Shit, I gave away the plumber. The NBA, the NBA, the NBA 2K trade finder is the best thing in the world. By yeah, the way. because if you turn on all the rules, all the basketball rules, you realize that these fucking GMs are like, it's impossible, bro. It's impossible. <laughs> you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, you're like, there's a 2% luxury tax if you do that. And it's like, dude, how does anyone make trades in the fucking <laughs> This is like the guys who put this fucking league together were all like chemists or something. <laughs> it's bananas. But yeah, so Cowboys, bro, uh, with Amari, I don't know what happened. Were you gonna have to buy him out or something? Like, yeah, what, the like, Cowboys PR is is so talented at turning a player from such a cornerstone <laughs> and someone that we need to have our offense move and and go to a cap casualty that we can give away for a fifth round pick. Yeah, in a matter in a matter of four months. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Amari caught Amari caught a game winning touchdown for the Cowboys against the Vikings. It's not like he doesn't and, still have it, right? Like bro, I, Amari's got it. He, I was pretty shocked. I was surprised just based on the fact that I think he's still got the goods. It's it's the cap hit. Twenty mil a year is is why they they get rid of him because twenty mil a year is at who did you trade him to? New Orleans. The Browns. 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 Yeah. What's going Um, on over there? Yeah, it's gonna be fun. (laughs) But this is what you know. What's odd? So we I talked about this last week with Mike. Is like the NFL is so good at at being in the off season. But somehow still being the you top could, it's, goddamn it's news. A 12, it's become a twelve <laughs> month sport. It really it's has become a twelve month sport. It's unbelievable. It's really great. A great product. Apart from all the like the, the awful intrigue. shit. Yeah, the awful <laughs> shit. It's become. I'm so addicted to it. I can't stop. Yo, can I ask you though? Um, before you do the Cowboys, what do you, I was trying to convince Leah that um, that uh, Mitch to the Steelers is a great move because I think that Matt Nagy was such a bad coach. That I really genuinely believe there's an outside shot that Mitch Trubisky is actually good, and I think. What do you think of that move? Especially, I think he's a great fit over there. I think like Tomlin, and he's better than fucking Ben Roethlisberger was in his last season, right? Like he was terrible. He had a wet noodle for a fucking arm. I I I, I said on the show two weeks ago or three weeks ago uh, that I thought Trubisky would be a sneaky signing for the Seahawks, and 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 he's Mike saying- and. And Mike and Ray were both like, "Why are you crazy? Dude, I think he's not that bad. Honestly. I don't think he's that bad either. Listen, he brought a Bears team to 13-3. and three. Yeah. In the next year. Well, he was there. I don't know if he brought us, but he was there. He, well, he, he was participated. Right, right, right. That's, that's, <laughs> I know but, he's the quarterback. I get it. He's the quarterback. So it's like he brought that team. I understand what you're saying. I, I, I think it could be good. Listen, you're right. Listen, Ro- Roethlisberger was not even a quarterback last year, okay? Like and they went nine and seven. So you get someone back there who can actually just manage a game. Leo was like, "Fucking Mitch Trubisky's a joke. He's a fucking joke." I'm like, "Dude, I really, I think Matt Nagy was the true joke of that situation." 
But how many times do Leah, when, when you used to say that, right? When you used to be sitting there in your, in your dismal bears, Mr. Bisky, Matt Nagy days where, where they'd lose like 17 to three against the fucking Bengals. Well, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That's a bad, bad example right now, but you know yeah. what I mean? I saw him play really well a few times. I'll just say that. Like, I know it's not a popular opinion. I understand he was the butt of a lot of jokes and he became sort of the poster boy for this failed Ryan Pace GM era in Chicago. And I also understand that, like, but what, what I think other people need to understand is that, like, Chicago, I think, has this weird place in the NFL where everybody still kind of is teasing out their respect for them as a franchise, even though it's been a long time since they've been good. They're never, nobody really wants to turn, unless you're like a Packers fan or something, the neutral in the NFL doesn't want to turn the Bears into a Jets. You know what I mean? Like, they're not ready to, like, make fun of them to that degree. But Mitch became sort of the poster boy for this. Like, they traded up, and then, like, they just these comparisons started leaking in. Like, they could have had Deshaun, which, uh, I don't know. Could have had Pat Mahomes. You know, and it's like, if you look at that quarterback draft class, obviously, it was a stupid fucking thing to do. And it put a lot of pressure on him. And he had only played one season in college, and it was all a little strange. But he's not... I saw him play well. I saw him play very, very well a couple of times, like a half, more than a handful of times. Ten, I would, I would say, I could go and find ten Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky games where he played really well, like above average to to great, not great as in like great in the hall of like NFL quarterbacks. Just like he had a great game, I'd say at least ten times. I could probably go find him, but that's probably out of like I don't know how many games he played for us. Probably like forty six. I don't know. I have no fucking clue. That sounds pretty correct. (laughs) It could be 72. I don't fucking know. But like, I don't think he's a bad QB. And I think like the Mitch Rassance, I think I could see it happening. I would love to get this recorded, say the Mitch Rassance is possible, and then watch it happen in Pittsburgh, who you guys have been shitting on for like three years and I'm forced to defend. I think that would be great. I think that's a great way to end the show, bro. The Mitrosons. <laughs> I think that's 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 such a good way to wrap everything Easy. up. So. Yeah. All right. Well, that works. Well, thanks, Bob. That was fun. <laughs> we chatted Celtics. We chatted Will Smith smacking fucking Chris Rock. We chatted March Madness and Old Faithful. We uh, we chatted NFL football for myself, DK Sizzle, and the real BK Bob Kelly. Thanks for tuning in. Good night. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electricast production. Electricast. Electricast.